Recorded on March 15th, 2022, The Meaning of Florida. Welcome to the Push Ahead Podcast, the podcast that's all about pushing the political conversation ahead, not pushing back. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm Shelby. And I'm Pamela. And we're here to talk about the wrapping of Florida's meanest legislative session yet, Disney's shifting political stance, and more Ukraine stuff. But first, we gotta clear out a couple of elephants. Let's clear out all the elephants. Yeah. I'm tired of elephants. First off, fallout from... A Russia investigation, they found that DeSantis has some guilty friends. Tell me more, Jamie. Oh, yes. You may have heard Oleg Deripaska. Apologies, because that's not how his name is pronounced. But he was found, I don't know, guilty, liable, less than innocent. But they've recently unsealed his conviction and found that he and others funneled money from another name that I'm about to mangle, Andre Muraviev. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. You probably couldn't pronounce your name either. Yeah, true. Two campaigns in an illegal fashion. They found that his illegal contributions were listed at about 50K to DeSantis's 2018 campaign. Really? How did I miss this? It, I will say this makes sense because Nikki Fried sent a text out. I mean, sent a tweet out saying, I've never accepted money from Russian oligarchs. Ron DeSantis, how about you? I read a bit of analysis that DeSantis is expected to remain silent on this, but Nikki Fried is probably going to use it in campaign advertisements. I've seen her numerous times saying that we should divest Florida in anything Russian, and DeSantis said, hell no. Well, today Donald Trump was out cheering on Putin's sanctioning of the United States. Like Hillary Clinton said, thank you for the Lifetime Achievement Award, Russia. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of background, though, that is weird to me. So Florida has had kind of a mixed relationship with marijuana, but Andre has made millions through pot. I did glance at this. So tell me more. Right. After the victory. Which is, by the way, Nikki Freed's whole thing is legalization of marijuana. Legalized pot. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. She was a pot lobbyist. But Andre was, I guess, hoping for sole licensing or maybe preferential licensing, which is why he went with uh, DeSantis, who has been surprisingly anti-marijuana. Well, he's not surprisingly anti-marijuana because, you know. He's pro-prison. He's pro-prison. Anti-people. <laughs> yes. Anti-minority, pro-prison. DeSantis has not made good on that campaign contribution, I suppose, so. But the courts are moving, they're, they're shaking stuff out, and so, I don't know, maybe in the future we can start to call out politicians for accepting foreign money. I think our entire finance system, campaign finance, needs to be completely retooled. Mm-hmm. You know, as a party, I can only donate $1,000 to municipal candidate. But if you want to, with your lobbying efforts, to be all you want for... You let's say you like uncontrolled growth in a county because you're a construction lobbyist and maybe in a city like Palm Bay, um, then you can donate as much as you want to your candidates and exact whatever promises you think are important. So daylight savings time started. By the way, Ah. it's daylight saving. Daylight. I heard a podcast. It's not savings. But the good news is. And by the way, I hate it. Yes. So our, our good friend, little baby Marco Rubio, sponsored a bill. Which the Senate He's passed. He's actually sponsored this like six years ago. Yeah, yeah. but just today, I, I believe, the Senate passed the Sunshine Protection Act, 
which would make daylight saving time permanent in late 2023. And, you know, this is actually happening across. I heard this podcast called Freakonomics MD by Freakonomics people. I love Freakonomics because mm-hmm. I'm a freak. And it was about is daylight saving time bad for your health? Because it's it a, is. from a medical perspective. Well, and he actually said there really isn't a whole lot of correlating evidence for that. I mean, I just think it's bad for my health because I slept until 730 this morning and didn't like that. Right. But it's actually like 22 states are talking about making, well, they, they whether have, it's daylight saving or not daylight saving, have a, because right. it wasn't about farmers. People think it's about farmers. It was no. about the World War it, well, it was originally introduced. I mean, people try to go back to Franklin, but the first real attempts at it happened in 1918. Then World War One, right? Yeah, World yeah. War One, coming out of World War One, going into it, and then later on, it really it gained momentum shortage. in the 60s. It was the energy shortage? Yeah. Energy shortage. Yeah. So yeah, it started in the 60s, and then in 1973, I remember 1973. You all were not there, but. But lights which just have signs that say turn the lights off. Yeah. 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 And so they made it permanent to try to extend that. But they found that most buildings that have the lights on at nighttime and have the lights off during the daytime have the lights on during nighttime and regardless of what the clocks say. So there wasn't any real savings. And so for the past 70, 60, 50, 40 years, it's just felt like an arbitrary change. For its own sake, it it's not something that was around two hundred years. It's not ago. arbitrary. It is to force us to lose sleep. Yes, they want to catch us unawares every year. The thing people don't realize about this inconvenience imposed on us from on high is that it's not universal. Not right. all. Nope. Not you all. Know, time wasn't universal before the trains. Before the trains. Yeah. But yeah, I'm going to say I disagree with 99.9% of things that Marco Rubio does, like starting from the minute he wakes up. But this, I just people laugh at him for it, but I don't care. This, I feel like, is a political slam dunk. Nobody likes daylight savings. I mean, well, he has been trying to get this passed forever and he can't even get this This, passed. How in the world is he an effective senator? Yeah, it's unclear about how Nancy Pelosi feels about it. She hasn't come out one way or the other. And Biden has not expressed his opinion on it either. But if they are human... They do not like having their sleep schedules forcibly adjusted by the government. But meanwhile, people can't pay rent. Yeah. So and this is Marco Rubio's sword to die on is whether we should or shouldn't have daylight saving time. Well, everyone's like the states are coming out. Well, Florida's had it on the books since pre-DeSantis and it's federal. We can't do anything until the federal government says that it's gone. Yeah, true. Rubio did vote against lowering medical costs, lowering child care costs, lowering all of these things. I'm not aware if he's complained about the price of gas yet. Has he? Did he vote against the Ukraine bill? Because there was about 40 something senators. That did. Right. And so granted, Rubio, even a blind squirrel finds a nut. Every so often. <laughs> so here you go, Marco Rubio. Push Ahead podcast says, yay for you trying to go to daylight saving time. And once you get that, actually, you don't have to wait for that. You can still go away. Bye-bye. Yes, please yeah, go away. But you do not have our endorsement for whenever you are looking for your next job. For anything else. What's please, the now? please do not call us looking for a reference. We will not give it. Mm-hmm. Well, we will give a reference, just not a good one. All right. We've got all the elephants out of the room. Let's move mm-hmm. on to the finale of the Florida legislative session. Well, how did I describe it? The really bad, terrible, no good legislative session? Yes. Yeah. Very bad. Mm-hmm. And then what protesters rained like hundred dollars bills? Yeah. yeah. So 
I can't possibly touch it all, but I'm going to hit the high points or the low points, if you will. And it's so important if you're listening to this and if you're like me and you, maybe you're an armchair quarterback and you didn't understand everybody's position in your life. Everybody thinks Congress or the Senator, you know, what's sexy and they got all the attention and blah, 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 blah. I'm just going to tell you, I don't know the last time a bill passed in Congress or in the Senate that literally affected your day-to-day life. However, everything happening in Tallahassee in our state legislature affects your lives in ways you cannot imagine. So it's some of the lowest of the low points. Um, There was the abortion ban. And I'm going to use Democratic Party terms to describe these bills because the Republicans are going to tell you that's not what they are because that's not the language defining it, but that's what they are. It is an abortion ban. Right. Yes. With no exception for rape or incest, or human trafficking. How about ectopic pregnancy? Well, they do say if the life of the mother is in danger, and if ectopic pregnancy, if the life of the mother is in danger, they can't allow that. I'm going to be fair. But that still still, doesn't help. There's not an abortion clinic in Brevard County. If you in Brevard County find yourself a victim of a rape and you do not want to be forced to spend nine months for any reason, and that's really between you, your medical doctor, and your religious leader, if you have one. You've got to find an abortion provider. And generally speaking, the people that this bill disenfranchises the most are less economically advantaged who probably work one or two jobs. So they've got to get time off of that job that they have to travel to the abortion provider. And then you have 15 weeks to make all of that happen. And honestly, I don't know many people that even know they're pregnant until 12 weeks, perhaps. I didn't know. So it is effectively an abortion ban. And I will just tell you, no matter how you feel about abortion, you may think it's murder. Making it illegal is not going to make it not happen. But regardless of what you believed, abortion has been declining since the second term of Ronald Reagan's presidency. It has been on the decline. That decline has been its sharpest under our most progressive presidencies and leveled out under our Republican presidencies. Why? I don't know. Maybe because we provide better health care. Maybe because we're not afraid to have sex education. Maybe because we're not afraid to talk frankly about schools, which is the next topic from our terrible, horrible, no good, very bad legislative session. Two things directly affecting our schools. And I want our listeners to hear the surface level of these laws, but understand this is coming from people who want to make our public schools not a thing. They want to make public schools so untenable that our all the option available to you is a private for-profit charter school. And, and I'm going to digress for a moment. And charter schools have a need. But if we funded our public schools appropriately, we wouldn't have that need. So the two bills that are affecting education the most strongly are our anti-woke bill, which actually affects education and private businesses, hmm. and the, don't, the quote unquote, don't say gay bill. I, I'll start with that one because it's, just stomach turning how they're languaging this from Ron DeSantis's communication secretary to our local hate monger. Mm. The don't say gay bill is called that because you cannot say the word gay. Gay, now, gay, 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 gay. Okay. Republican legislators are trying to make you believe that it's about sex education. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm just looking this up right now to make sure I get this right. There were a number of amendments offered to that bill to make it about sex education. Those were voted down by the Republicans in Congress. It is not about sex education. Our kids are not being taught about sex education and gender. Nope. This bill has forbidden if little Johnny walks into the classroom and says, hey, teacher, why does Susie have two mommies and I only have one? Mm -hmm. The teacher can't say something like, because love is love and 
it's legal in all of the United States to have a same-sex marriage. The teacher can't say anything, anything at all. They cannot even address that student's question. And trust me, five-year-olds want to know that question. And if the teacher does address that question, or if you as John Q. Citizen think the teacher addressed that question, that teacher can be sued. The languaging being used against those of us that are supporting our LGBTQ students are that we are grooming people for sex and we are for sex in, in elementary schools. I'm just going to tell you guys, when my grandson was hanging out with a cute little girl at four and everybody thought it was adorable, nobody thinks any harm in that. And I don't see any harm in that. Right. But if little Johnny is holding little Timmy's hand on the playground, these people see sex and they call me a groomer. They see opposite gendered relationship with children as sweet and innocent, but a same-gendered relationship as all about sex. Yeah. Being gay is not about sex. It's nope. about your identity and who you are. And if those have been made illegal to have any conversation, and not only can he or she not have that conversation, but if little Timmy says, I have a crush on Susie, the teacher can say, that's sweet. Go back and let's learn ABCs. But if little Timmy says, I have a crush on Steve, teacher has to report that to the parent. That is discrimination beyond my imagination. This is clearly, I'm going to tell you, our state legislature is not interested in doing anything but punishing kids for being gay. The state senator on the state Senate floor said, gay is not permanent. I got to tell you, it's permanent. Anyway, that's not even the point. It's about nothing but cruelty. And the people that are turning this into a sexual conversation are the people calling it parental rights. One of my first classes, I had a very flamboyant student, and he basically told all the religious people that worked there that were very anti-gay, he's like, God didn't make mistakes. God made me, so I am perfect <laughs> the way I am. That's right. Yeah. Well, the Republicans believe that you can be any way that you are born as long as, long as, as you adhere, like them. <laughs> as long as you adhere to social norms as soon as you leave your front door. <laughs> and then the anti-woke bill where businesses and schools cannot teach, honestly can't teach true American history. And I, I think all of these bills will be challenged in court and DeSantis doesn't sign them, any of them yet, but I know he will. And my father-in-law wrote the original human relations bill for the U.S. Marine Corps, which is now used to teach human relations and equity studies that the Marine Corps still uses today. And DeSantis has now said that can't happen. Corporations can be sued if they ask their employers to go through training on how to be sensitive to one another based on our race issues. And I'm just, you know, people think, like Tina Deskovich recently said, it's okay that our children learn about slavery, but to see pictures, mm, that's just too much. These things are not ancient history. No. You know, Ruby Bridges, who was a little third grader that broke the race barrier in public schools, is still alive today. She's 64. That's, She's that's nothing. Not that, that's like a minute older than I am. I don't want to stop teaching about the Holocaust. But if you think 100 years is the appropriate time to stop teaching about something, then we're going to stop teaching about the Holocaust in 12 years. If you agree that we should be teaching about the realities of the Holocaust and how it began and the atrocities of it, then we have to continue to address race relations in the United States. So, And you still get so much of the, you know, watered down version. Even when I did history and I loved history, you know, you go to the Civil Rights Act and you hear a little bit about what they had to go through. And then they're like, oh, yeah, now everything's fine. Yeah. Nothing's They wrong. went to a lunch counter and they got denied coffee. And then we all got along kumbaya. None of yes. which is reality. Like they went right. to a lunch counter where they had bottles broken on their heads and they were screamed at and they're like, and they were killed. Whites, blacks, everybody were killed for fighting for the right to vote or sit at a lunch counter. 
Some of the other laws that passed, there was that preemptive bill that has now made it legal for a business to sue a municipality if a municipality puts an ordinance in place that hurts their business. So let's say I've got a business in place and it's a dance club and I want to stay open until three in the morning. I won't serve alcohol after the hours, but I'm going to stay open. Right. And you pass a noise ordinance because my club happens to be next to a neighborhood. You pass a noise ordinance saying I have to have my noise at a certain level after midnight. And if you pass that noise ordinance and I can prove that you're causing me economic harm, I can sue the municipality. That is like so not Republican. That's anti-free market. That's anti-home rule. And that's one of the things that, so it's easy for the election police too. It's easy for us to see the big, 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 ugly things, but all these tiny bills are also leading to this dictator and autocracy. Yes. They just basically dissolve the soil and water commission. So soil and water has historically been. And this is from our governor who loves the environment. Yeah. Soil and water has historically been fielded by Democrats because we tend to be the environmentalists. And the Republicans were feeling super threatened by that. So they passed a law that hasn't been signed yet, but it's going to be that you have to have spent 10 years an employee of an agricultural business or own an agricultural business to serve on the Soil and Water Commission. That's like saying you have to be involved with big oil to serve on the Clean Energy Commission. So Big Sugar is just going to start running that, right? Well, they have no choice. We currently have two amazing human beings in Brevard, three, four amazing human beings in Brevard County serving on the Soil and Water Commission. Their terms aren't up for another three years. They have to rerun this fall and they can't run. One is a teacher, one is an environmentalist and a rocket scientist. And they literally can't run because they haven't spent 10 years employed in agriculture. All these tiny things that we think they are the beginning of destruction of what makes our state. And I'm kind of now getting more into the point where I'm convinced that DeSantis is going to secede from the United States and make Florida his. He's in conversations with Abbott and they're like going to secede together. It's going to be like these two like Gulf Coast states. But listener, we fought a war about that. We are like, you know, we make it sound like, and yet we're still here. We're still hanging out. And obviously we still feel optimistic. So what can you do? It's going to feel super helpless right now as we're telling you, these are the laws that were passed this year. If we elect a Democrat to the governor's mansion in the fall, they can force a special legislative session until these bills are overturned. If any of these sound like the most atrocious, anti-democratic and anti-Republican things you've ever heard, then vote for a Democrat. Right. Because as a reminder, state representatives, state senators, they don't make their money from being politicians. I mean, they make $29,000 a year. <laughs> I mean, and change. And change. Yeah. But that's not enough for yeah, them no. to afford rent. Especially Those, when they're having to pay rent out of their district. They would be faced with the prospect of not making money at their day jobs in order to uh, fill special exactly. legislative sessions. Now, I will tell you, here's another scary thought if you've been following along with Brevard County politics. So I knew this was coming. Our Secretary of Education, who was about as equipped to lead education as um, Betsy DeVos was on a national level, Oof. Corcoran, has stepped down. Now, I think he probably has a really well-funded casino retirement fund. That's just my my thought. No reason to think that other than the fact that the person that they're looking at to replace him is Randy Fine. Oh my God, no. Please, for the love of Bob. When Randy Fine started talking about possibly not being in the state house next year, I knew something was coming and I thought, he thinks he will be appointed as the education commissioner. Also, he can fire Mullins. And what can you do? Vote. 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 Yeah. Don't, don't say gay. Gay. Don't say vote. Vote. 
gay, vote, vote, yep. gay, vote, gay, vote, vote, okay. vote for people. So, Seriously. All right. So DeSantis is the 800 pound puffy gorilla in the political room. Randy Fine is just 800 pounds. But the other 800 pound gorilla in the room <laughs> in Florida politics, national politics is Disney. A little bit of background. Disney was for a brief period under Bob Iger, a very progressive company. He w- I miss him so much. Bob it's Iger or a rich white dude was very progressive. Yes. And as a side effect, as a business knock-on positive effect, he gained a lot. He gained a ton of favor with minorities and outgroups and people who were discriminated. Uh, The Disney, what was it? Yeah, Gay Days. days. Under Bob Iger, uh, Disney became this progressive company, and they built a lot of alliances into the community through their marketing, and they got a lot of positive mindshare, which translated into dollars. People didn't have any trouble buying Disney rainbow merch or Disney flag right. merch or showing up. And they call embraced- Call it gay days. The gays all show up and they yeah. spend money. And, June 4th, and, everybody's wearing red and magic. And the reality is the majority of the cast members yes. are gay. Yeah, they're all ex-theater kids. If you, want, if you kids. wonder why their entertainment is so amazing and so great, yep. it's because of the gay guys. They have built these bridges. They have built these these alliances into these communities. And uh, ever since Bob Iger stepped down, Bob Chapik has stepped up. And he is your run-of-the-mill rich white dude. Now, I know y'all are like really big in this because you're like huge Disney people here. Okay, this is how bad it is. Because of Bob Chapik, I gave up my annual pass yep. now for listeners if you don't know these human beings that is like me having my teeth pulled out of my head our, yeah. our refrigerator is covered in disney annual pass magnets and i know on shelby's birthday what did you you made like star wars pancakes or something yeah no yeah. No, no, no that was our anniversary anniversary okay no but see chapik if you look at his personal donations some for some reason even though he was the ceo of the disney parks he lived in Wisconsin. He was the CEO of the parks or of the company? First, he was the director of all Walt Disney World. That's how he got into the CEO role. So this don't say gay bill happens. It's in Florida. Disney World loves the LGBTQ community. No, Disney World proclaims to love they, the they, LGBTQ Right. They did a lot after Pulse. They did so many things, yeah. but that was Iger. Chapik stayed silent. Yeah. They were saying, hey, Disney, you're supposed to have our backs. That's what you say with all of this inclusivity. And so his first response was, oh, we're just going to keep continuing to do our diverse, great programming. No, did not fly. You had senior Disney executives from Pixar, from the animation, from the Imagineers, everyone threatening him. I knew the Imagineers were involved. And, you know, most of the talent is actually unionized. Yeah. They're all, it's an equity shop. Yeah. So I actually have a friend who dances there and we had a dinner party at the end of February. They didn't know any of this was happening. Right. And I sent it to my, I said, you might want to have this conversation with your union. And so in 2017, 2018, when Georgia was doing their bathroom bill, Disney came out and said, we're not filming in Georgia anymore. And they were able to change it. Disney is the biggest lobbying group, is the I mean, biggest moneymaker for Florida. Let me tell you the opposition I keep hearing though. They can't really like shut Disney World down and go somewhere else. No, they can't. But we... They can stop donating to Republican candidates. And, that's what and I know they're not going to donate. I know you're talking about this. They're not going to donate to any Anybody. political conversations. 
and which will hurt Republicans way more than Democrats because yes. I think Democrats get thirty cents for every dollar yes. that, that they do. Right, but, but I mean, the whole thing was Chapik just sat on it. Yeah, and then he went and tried during his investor meeting, during the shareholder saying, "Well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to donate five million dollars to equity." And they said, no, you keep your money, you use your voice. We know how powerful you can be in the state of Florida. And then he's like, well, I, I, I talked with Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis came right out and said, no, you didn't. So all of this goodwill that he was trying to promote fell flat because he was lying. So back to our listeners, what can you do about this? Because this is where I always listen to podcasts. I'm like, okay, now I'm just depressed. Hmm. So... You can stop spending money at Disney yep. until they start saying being who they are. And I, I mean, if they want to be the homophobic company, then that's cool. Then you be you. Yeah. But if they're not, they can't keep earning money on the backs of the people that they're now throwing to the wolves. And it's not all lost. The opposition voice is going to be, you know, Disney can't just take their party and go home. And you're right, but we can take our dollars and go yep. home. We can That's, go to Dollywood. And if, if Disney as a corporation is not at least willing to stand behind their employees, then we don't have to go to the parks. There's still employee walkouts set. Right now it's legal break because they're unionized, so they're supposed to walk out during their break times. But I think next Tuesday in a week, they're supposed to all just walk out and it won't be covered. But they still do not like the response that Disney has given to this entire issue. So as a Democrat, here's my pushback, my concern. We don't want corporations owning our elected officials. And I used to have this conversation with people in, in the party when they would say, well, you know, I helped get so-and-so elected. They're not voting the way I want them to. We don't want them beholden to their right. their financial interests. They don't owe me a thing. When I help somebody get elected, they don't yep. owe me a thing. I'd like to have their ear, but they don't even owe me that. And I've had a great relationship with like, Cheryl McDougal calls me when she's going to vote in a way that she thinks I won't like. And just gives me a heads up. I'm like, I, I think that's disrespect. So I don't want elected officials beholden to a corporation. I think that's gross. But I do think we as consumers, if you are opposed to the atrocities in these legislations, it's okay for you to speak with your dollars. And that's part of our First Amendment right. That's part of our free market as well to let the people that you're spending money with know that the way that they're investing the money that you're giving them is inappropriate in your eyes. So as a contrasting view, I was in the Air Force and everyone hated the, the rating systems, the EPRs, OPRs, your annual reviews. And there were people who would just play within the laws of the broken system. It wasn't a good thing. Everyone got fives, but only the best got firewall fives. And it was a broken system. If you had threes or fours, it really meant that you messed up. Like you were probably nursing an actual drug addiction or <laughs> just stealing stuff in plain sight. You were on your way out. But if you weren't the best of the best, everybody got fives. And in this particular response, I don't want corporations to own our politicians. But at the same time, there was uh, logic passed around to junior officers and senior NCOs that you aren't going to fix a broken system by making your personal protest. You are just going to hurt those around you. So I think we're actually going the same direction. Right. Because I don't want politicians beholden to corporations. I do want average voters to be able to use the money. Look, when you pay Disney your $400 for a ticket, and I'm right. sure that's a slight exaggeration, Not they're really. taking that $400 and investing the money that you've given them 
you are completely within your rights to say, I don't like the way you are investing my money and I'm not going to give you any more. Yeah. And as long as Disney owns politicians and as long as I give money to Disney, I should have a little bit of a say in how Disney puppets those politicians. Exactly. Like I'm not saying that they should be giving those businesses more ear than the average voter, but the average voter is still exercising your rights by saying, I don't want to give you any more money because you won't invest it in a way I think is appropriate. And that's another reason. The reality is that they donate back to the whole point of this is that it's not just that Disney wasn't saying anything. They weren't saying anything in defense of their largest supporter. They're continuing to donate to the very politicians that made these laws possible. And they're also not backing up their, their staff. Right. So look, if you're a visitor again, Look at the state legislature that you currently have. And if all of these things sound as awful to you as they do to me, then look at the corporations that are making it possible for these people to run for office. Sabatini, who is a state legislature, he's just atrocious. He makes Randy Fine look like Mary Poppins. (laughs) Oh, God. He just said he's running for Congress. And he said on his first day, he will support uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene's call for Joe Biden's impeachment. And that was one of the milder things he said. So if you look at these state legislatures, if you think these laws are as awful as the three of us do, then stop investing money with the companies that are funding these people. Yeah. Speaking of that, when everybody with the Ukraine stopped drinking Russian vodka, all the gay people were like, hey, we haven't been drinking it for years due to their yeah. abhorrent treatment of our brothers and sisters. Okay. So, I mean, there is... That was good. We got back to full circle. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Put I'm your money gonna... where your mouth is. And now we get to go on the lovely... I have another Ukraine rant. Yeah. So, well, we talked about Ukraine in case we're already not drinking Russian vodka. So talk to us about the Ukraine. All right. I'm not the Ukraine. God, we did it. I did it again. Talk about... Ukraine. Yes. 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 Uh, please. I don't know. Call me out. Every we were all falling in love with Ukraine. Yeah. Yes. So first off, this was elephant in the room worthy, but <laughs> we're bringing it here to the main portion. Sanctions against our politicians. Yeah. So Russia passed sanctions against oh, and Biden. This, and Donald Trump was celebrating this today. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting because if you were looking at the people that were on the list versus the people that were not on the list, they were politicians that I'm willing to bet hadn't accepted Russian money. Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton, who, by the way, engineered amazing sanctions against Putin and his cronies as uh, when she was secretary Where of state. Where did those sanctions go? Did they disappear under Donnie? They did. So Russia was suffering so bad that they came back and installed a puppet. I'm going to say this is awesome, just so you know. Like, I'm so happy, Guan. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, notice that Donnie. And all of his children are off the list. Yeah, not on the list. Uh, DeSantis, not on the list. Which list? The sanction list. Oh, I'm sure Rubio is not on that list. So yet. wait, start that over. Russia has sanctioned who and how? And as, how are they going to be enacted? So Russia has essentially barred certain Democratic politicians. Well, certain politicians. I don't have the complete list in front of me. From both accessing money from bank accounts in Russia or visiting Russia. So I'm sure that really breaks their heart. Like they're all yeah. racing to invest in Russia right now. Like, yeah. We're at freaking war with them. It's the best lifetime achievement award she's ever gotten. Yeah. Hillary has said that that was a huge mark of approval. And I would have to agree. I would be honored to be sanctioned by Russia. Um, I mean, it's so stupid. I know that we are fighting a war and we invaded a country and you guys want to make them your allies, but you don't get to come to us. 
Nope. I saw something that it's like, it is the equivalent of Putin sanctioning our president is the equivalent of being thrown out of the bar and then saying <laughs> that the bar owner can't come back to your place for pizza and a movie afterwards. Right. It's it, like me saying, Randy, fine, you can't come to dinner. <laughs> something that I thought was really interesting, rather than the usual, uh, the information war around Ukraine has been amazing. For the past couple of years, Putin has been waging an information war against the American people. He engineered Brexit. Every time that there is division online, Russian bots get in there and they amplify it. And the internet has been quiet for the past couple of days since everyone's been kicked off the internet. But I wanted to bring up a list of things that it would have cost Vladimir Putin zero rubles to keep had he not invaded Ukraine. Because he invaded Ukraine three weeks ago, it's been 19, 20 days, NATO was split politically. Germany and France weren't agreeing with the Eastern European members, and there was a whole lot of back and forth and there was dissonance. In the past 20 days, we have seen member states sign up. Well, not sign up, but Finland and Sweden are now very interested in joining. Ukraine wants to join. Quite a few of the ex-Soviet blocs have said, hey, we don't want Russia to invade us either. So can we in can we join this NATO thing? So not only is NATO stronger in terms of internal coherence, it's stronger in terms of people looking to join. Putin was saying he didn't want NATO on his front door. He was afraid of Ukraine <laughs> and he joining. NATO into his front door. Right. And as a response, I mean, Germany, <laughs> Germany, which for the past 80 years has been staunchly against military spending and militarization, has pulled a complete 180 on its military spending. They are willing to step up because they recognize now that there is an existential threat on the front door of Europe. NATO is now stronger than it has possibly ever been, or definitely stronger than it's been since the fall of the, the Soviet Union and the end of the Cold War. So Putin originally invaded Ukraine because he was looking to say, hey, we don't want NATO on our front door. NATO is potentially going to envelop him because everyone who is sharing a border with him that isn't China <laughs> Or Mongolia is now I'm nervous for right now. Yeah. yeah, and then their best ally that they had in Eastern Europe, Belarus, said, "No, we're not going to join that war." Trump came out today with a, an official statement about the fact. What Putin actually did was he banned Joe Biden from traveling to Russia. Trump just came out and slammed Biden for that. Well, so I, I mean, a little clarification: uh, Putin passed sanctions against Joseph Robinette Biden, who is Joe Biden's father. <laughs> Joe Biden is a junior. Yep. <laughs> so Pasaki had fun with that. Another thing is that the Russia-China relationship was amazing three weeks ago. China consistently came out and said, Russia has a point. We disagree with What's NATO. What's happening now? Right. And so they had a good working relationship. And now China is backing off the point and calling for de-escalation. They're agreeing that the sanctions are bad for business, that they're saying that this war is bad for business. And while before they were in support of Russia, now they are as neutral as you can be without directly rebuking Russia. Their banks are no longer going in to bail out Russia because it is a bad investment. Interesting. Yeah. So now China, 
which has its Roads and Belts campaign, where they go into countries and they set up infrastructure in exchange for setting up debt in order to gain influence in these African countries, developing countries, and exert soft power that way, uh, with Russia nationalizing or threatening to nationalize factories, IP, all of this stuff. It's unlikely that China is going to make a similar investment because if Russia says all foreign debt is now void, everything is now nationalized, China is not going to come in and set anything up. Yeah. While China and Russia are not going to be publicly on the outs for any time soon, I don't, I don't expect there to be significant warming of the relationship. Which is why it's not a, an official alliance. Right. Right. Because an official alliance, they'd be basically required, which is dumb anyway. Like, I don't know why we think NATO's, it's all just based on somebody saying they're going to do something. Right. And so another thing that I found absolutely fascinating, perhaps the most interesting thing to me personally is the information war, the propaganda war that's being waged. Yeah, you've commented on Twitter, and my Twitter is so much nicer right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that was one of the arm of the Russian bots, where the bot farms were out there, and any time that they could find a wedge issue, they would amplify it. Yeah. And it started back in the mid-teens with the Jade Helm exercise. Do you remember? It was a big military exercise that happened in Texas, and everyone thought that, oh, this is Obama going to be invading Texas, and it was just an annual military exercise. But it was the first test of tricking gullible Americans into believing this, the narrative, and it essentially ended up putting Trump in the White House. Yeah. And it continues to this day, except that- I never heard of any of that. I'm just going to be real. Right, right. But, but now- but any wedge issue. Yes. I also thought about you the other day having nothing to do with this. Well, sort of is I was listening to something in the news about the mud in Ukraine right now. And yeah. I thought, Jamie said that was muddy right now. It's the mud season and Russian trucks are. It hasn't stopped them from the invading. It hasn't stopped them from invading. No, it slowed it down, though. And they're stuck on roads. So the thing that's interesting is how Zelensky has completely dominated the narrative. For example, yeah, I would vote for him. Well, so it's amazing how he's manipulating all of this stuff. He's Ukrainian John Stewart. Well, yes. so an interesting example. Before Ukraine, there was an act, a treaty act, signed back in the 30s, the mid-30s, that essentially said that in times of war, Turkey would close down access to the Black Sea, except for the Black Sea fleet. Then Zelensky came out hours ahead and said, Turkey has decided to do this. And then Turkey went ahead and did it just by saying that this would be what people I mean, want. he is the most popular man in the world right yeah. now, except yes. in Russia. You know, it's kind of like, remember on Independence Day? Who was the president in Independence Day? I love that. I love that actor. Yeah. He's the Michael a, Douglas wannabe. Was, no, was no, no, no. Bill something, right? Who? Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. Like, that's what Zelensky reminds me of. The, the president yeah. that's willing to put on his armor and go fight. And he was a freaking comedian before a stand-up yeah. comic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He also went on Ukrainians Dancing with the Stars. Which I really think, like, as much as we mock that, this was an everyday guy who probably thought, I'm running for the presidency of Ukraine. Like, how? And here he is under under fire when most actually career politicians would run for their bunker and accept that right offer for a ride out and, and, the, and is not. And, and also the dude that he beat is now 100% in line with Zelensky with this whole. So it just shows everybody the average human should always run for office. If you want to run for office, <laughs> there's, my, there's my commercial. Run right. for office. Well, also Zelensky made his own political party and won. 
Yeah. yeah. He conjured it from nowhere. Yeah. From nothing. And it dominated. It's uh, You know what? It's so easy for us to be all jaded about politicians. And this is the good thing to come out of what we're dealing with right now in the global stage is that this guy is not a politician, although he's the president of a country that we will never forget this country, no matter yeah. what, you know, whatever has happened. It'll never be any bigger than it is right now. And yet we will never forget this man who was an average human who's serving his country. And yeah. he says, screw you all. I'm staying to fight. Right. Okay. Yeah. So... Putin is losing the information war. It's very clear. And that's really his best war. That's yeah. that's where he always went. That's where he's yes. always been the strongest because his tanks are in very ill repair. Trucks even worse. And another gain that Putin has been undoing under the past three weeks has been the inroads that he's been making into the Middle East ever since the U.S. has begun to step down. He's made alliances with Syria. His support is keeping Assad in power. I, I have a note here because I wanted to, to bring this up. The UAE, during the initial Security Council meeting, abstained from voting against Russia, saying picking a side would make things worse. The Gulf Cooperation Council, a body made up of Oman, Saudi Arabia. What's that? How UAE. Yeah. Gulf, Saudi Arabia, the UAE, Bahrain, Kuwait, and Qatar initially called for restraint from both sides, and they wouldn't condemn Russia. Now, they all voted for the UN resolution that places blame totally upon Russia. Ah. Uh, so over right. the past two weeks, they are making very public overtures to condemn their previous ally. And in Syria, again, Syria and Assad, their current, I don't know, plateau of stability is heavily reliant on Russian power. And Russia has essentially said, we're looking for volunteers from the Syrian army to come fight our war. And if the planes and ammunition can't make their way into Ukraine, then they probably can't make their way into Syria. So it is interesting to see that Direct fallout from this war might impact Syrian stability. Oh, I'm still I'm still floored that's that Switzerland decided to not be neutral. Yes. Right. Crazy. So I'm just as I'm always pulling things back to local. It's so easy to just lose heart every day when you hear these things happening. But I, what I'm really hearing in this conversation is that the world could turn that much towards the sides of right. Right. And I, and I have to believe that our country can as well and our county can as well. I don't want it to take invasion by a foreign army to get there, but it's good to know that even people who ally with evil axis and our version of the evil axis, which is, you know, Ron DeSantis and Randy Fine, that they can, when pushed and will, if come, push come to shove, if they're just, I keep getting back to the voters or not the legislators. I don't think the voters want to oppose our children in schools. I don't think the voters want to support non-black none of this is, none of this is popular and same thing i don't think the uae imagined that putin would invade ukraine and yet when push came to shove they were there so i'm gonna have hope right that we can make that difference well putin hoped that ukraine would just fall over and ukraine said uh no get out of my country but so, what i'm getting out of this is not just that like we're not yeah. saying we're saying no just get out of our state it's nice to know that even allied strong forces will say we've had enough when they know when that is. Right. Which Again, is my hope with Republican voters that they will hear what, what their legislators are doing and say no enough is right. enough. They stood up and we have Biden now, so I can't. And so Putin previously had no threat at home. Right now, there are reports coming out of Russia that the jails that are meant to hold dissidents and people who are arrested for protesting, uh, protesting 
are protesting for saying that Russia is not great. And for essentially his opposition is now is overflowing. So he can no longer arrest everyone who is opposing him. And I have a book here. I'm going to start checking these books out. Do you have a library here? Yes, <laughs> it's all around library. you. Coup d'etat, a practical handbook. You've mentioned this one before. Well, it was originally written in the 60s, like 1968 or so, which said... 1968. Right, which was essentially a practical guide for how to have a, a coup d'etat. And one of the interesting things was that in order... You are for... going to get us arrested. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm probably on a list somewhere. Wayne wants an excuse. And so an interesting thing about that is that coup d'etats were only made possible with the help of a standing army. And so what we're seeing, I mean, from the outside, it's impossible to tell if a coup d'etat is going on because chief army officers may be undergoing power games and, and all of this stuff in response to how unpopular Putin is at home. And in the next couple months, as things get hard for the oligarchs and as the military sees their money dry up because of this war and sees losses because of this war and political support for the army fail as the losses come back, Putin may realistically face a coup d'etat for the first time in his reign. And this might be the only way of getting him out because it's got to come from inside. Russia. Yeah. So it has to come from the six or seven insiders who surround Putin that have. Is there control. a graceful way out for Putin? No, no, no. Because if he backs out, he doesn't have enough money to pay reparations. He can no longer pay to so rebuild to Ukraine. Explain war conversations to our average listener. Okay, I'm sorry. If you invade a country, it's kind of like if you sue somebody. You break and, it, you and bought it. You, right, you break it, you bought it. If you sue somebody and you're sorry, it's not, you don't get to win this suit, you have to pay for the legal fees. So he has to pay reparations to Ukraine for all the damage he's done if he doesn't win this war. Yes. So, okay. Who's going to make that happen? Well, uh, Who enforces uh, so that? It's, Sanctions. It's, it's, the, it's the peace treaty. So, okay. So that was me just kind of jumping to the shorthands. Right now- <laughs> Putin is at a, on a scale of 1 to 10 for how bad the sanctions can be. As bad as it sounds, he's only at about a 7. Sanctions it, against his country. Against his country. It can get worse. Sure. Sanctions against the central bank would completely shut down his government and his economy. Why haven't we done that yet? I thought we had done that. Because it would drive people to eat each other. Okay. Yes. At least Russians can still eat for now, about half of their central reserves so are if he locked withdraws, down. if he withdraws right now, it just says, OK, oops, sorry, my bad. Did I step I across that line? Yeah. And so the thing is that if he leaves, Did I do that. if he leaves and the peace treaty is either he gets to keep his gains or he relinquishes all of his gains, chances are that the sanctions are going to remain in place until he makes things right. And how does he make things right? By paying with reparations, but his government doesn't. I mean, I can't believe our country's going to force reparations. We haven't even done reparations for owning human beings. Go on. Essentially, Russia pulls out of Ukraine, says, oops, my bad. I hope you guys don't mind the mess and then leaves and then drops support for the separatists in the Donbass region and in Croatia, pulls out and then tries to go on its life. All of those sanctions are going to remain in place. And that is an untenable position for Putin. Right now, he needs to come at it from a position of power where he can install a government in Ukraine and say that, get the people in Ukraine to say, no, everything's good. You guys should drop your sanctions. We're happy now. So what if part of the peace treaty was 
you go home, leave these people alone, we will drop the sanctions. The Ukrainian government did not invoke the sanctions. That's going to have to be a negotiation with the United States, with Great Britain. So we could, though, in theory. In theory, but... You go home, pick up your toys and go home, and we'll pretend this never happened. That was an option about two and a half weeks ago. I mean, I get it. Too many people have died. Yes, and 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 now, I'm sorry, but once you start bombing hospitals and residential units, that's kind of off the table, especially if you aren't a world power slash victor. So how does this end in a way that doesn't kill more Ukrainians? Uh, it doesn't. So that that's the ugly part, that this is going to be a long, drawn-out war because Russia does two things, and it does two things very well. It does very quick military operations against very weak, disorganized targets, and that wasn't the case. And it does long, drawn-out Afghanistans. So Russia was embroiled in Afghanistan in the 70s and 80s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, before we got there, and it didn't even do it well. Pretty much, they're going to bring up the artillery and just bomb everything that looks man-made to dust and rubble. There is no easy way forward. Unfortunately, which is why I brought out the coup d'etat practical handbook revised edition by and Edward he's not Ed reading Lutwak. it as a textbook. <laughs> yeah. Is, he's um, not looking for a guide. Is because the easiest way out for Ukraine right now is a coup d'etat. No, or is which means to convince Russia to overturn Putin. Yeah, where yeah. and that's what the sanctions are for. The sanctions are targeted at happen. making his internal circle undergo so much pain that keeping yeah. Putin in power is no longer enough. Take enough yachts that they'll back up. Yep. Yeah. So you think it'll happen? Uh, I mean, I that's a know. lot to put on you. In that's that it. It's. It depends. But I do agree. That's the only thing that can happen is if within Russia, they say Putin, we're done. Right. If that were to happen, how could that end? (laughs) Terribly. Uh, Putin would end up in a body bag. Let's say he did. But regardless, how does that actually end the war? No, this would be World War One all over again, where the, the Bolsheviks and the Mensheviks and all of those overthrew the Tsars. And they came to the negotiation table and they said, this was the previous government's war. We want out. And that is unfortunately the way forward. So we could choose, not like we're we're not even officially allied with Ukraine. Um, Technically, we we could choose from our sanction standpoint, if there was an coup d'etat and and Putin was overthrown, we could choose to negotiate with Russia and say, you know, you what, we're going to watch what you do. Put yourself in place as a new democratic government. Right. And peace unto your house. And and we could pull back the sanctions against the Russian government and the Russian banks based on... But we probably on, have some like things in there, like we get to watch what you do. Uh, and, there, yeah. Yes, we would have to make sure that the previous holders of power are no longer the people yeah. holding the strings. That's and we would rank... Every time someone new would pop up, you would probably see a sanction fall. So this is illuminating because as intelligent as I am... Yep. Excuse a hiccup right on this. <laughs> Perfectly cute hiccup. As they all think that we could just like say, oh, sorry, my bad, and go home. No. And not thinking of the intricacies involved in the negotiations. So thank right. you. Right. This is my really long way of saying that Russia right now decides this is a bad idea, says, oops, my bad, pulls everyone home. The sanctions aren't over. The economic pain isn't over. Everything is going to remain in place. It might be ramped back 10%, and then 20%. And look for another bad guy. Yeah, and then there's going to be I don't know. I don't see a good way out of this. I mean, right now it looks like it's a no-win situation no matter what he does unless he gets a government in Ukraine. 
Right. Yeah. If he wins and he installs a puppet government, and then he's going to have to live with those sanctions like he did after invading Crimea. Crimea. Yeah. Anyway, so what do we got coming up? Perfect, Jamie. So thank you for all of the so, so insightful conversation about the war. Coming up, we have got, well, first, if you're a registered Democrat, you're welcome to meet all the other Democrats in the county at our next official meeting, which is next Wednesday night. Don't ask me the date. Tomorrow's the 16th plus 7 23rd. You can ask me the date, March 23rd at the County <laughs> Commission's Chambers in Vieira. And on March 24th, the very next day at one o'clock in the afternoon, your county charter review, because our county operates under a charter, which is like its own constitution. And that charter is under review every eight years, I believe. And there are 15 people responsible for deciding what our county looks like for the next eight years legally. It's not like a constitution with a with all of our state house representatives. This is 15 people hand selected by the five county commissioners. One of the people is an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Putting it lightly there. His name is Vic Lubker, and he thinks the smartest comments to make are to call political opponent isn't like a groomer because she stands for LGBTQ students. And this is one of the mildest things he said. So they are calling to make school board members recallable. School board, but you want to make them recallable, just make it fair. But Blaze Tredis, who is your public defender, is saying that you should be able to recall a school board member because of their policy positions. That's called an election. And you yes. can't recall anybody in the state under that kind of statute. So when I went to this, the county commission meeting last time, I said, cool, if you want to do that, then you need to make all elected officials held to the same standard. And the next time that a mayor puts an ordinance through saying you should be able to make it illegal to pass a bottle of water out, expect a recall. And I listed all these other things. And Vic Lubka recently posted on Facebook that recalls are only for malfeasance. Vic, if you're listening, I hope you are. <laughs> I agree. Recalls should only be for malfeasance, not for policy. So Blaze Tredis, listen to your, your members. So that's, the 24th of March at one o'clock in the afternoon, also in the County Commission Chambers. If you are a listener, you are free to bring anything you want to your elected officials. If you want to discuss whether dog turds on your front lawn should be legal, you are entitled to do so. So please bring your grievances to your elected officials. Anything else? We're working on getting mail ballots in the hands of our voters. We know that if you have a mail ballot, you don't have to use one, but it does increase your ability to vote by 48%. Your likelihood to vote by 48%. So we are begging all registered Democrats to get a mail ballot as an option. We call it voter insurance. I talked to so many people in Palm Bay that said, oh, I can't get there Tuesday. There was no early voting. I have to work. And they didn't have mail ballots. And so they couldn't participate in their legislative opportunities. So mail ballots in the hands of our voters meeting new Democrats. If you're a new Dem or reach out, you can find us on brevarddems.org. You can email me at hello at brevarddems.org, or you can call us at our office. You disagree with anything we say if you agree with what we say or if you just want to say hello email us at pushaheadpod at gmail and if you like us tell a friend yeah yes please because we have eight months until november yep got a lot of people to reach yep yes bye Thanks, see you in two weeks If you got something out of this and know of anybody who cares about what we're saying here, please share. Word of mouth is everything in the grassroots game. If we're awesome, tell a friend. If we're not, tell us how to get better. 
This has been another episode of the Push Ahead podcast. Please reach out to us via Twitter at push underscore ahead or subscribe to our podcast in your podcatcher of choice. You can find relevant links to the stories that we're talking about in our liner notes on our website at pushaheadpod.com. The music is Super String Theory by Lobo Loco.